Okay, hey, welcome everybody. It is seven o'clock Wednesday night. Sci-fi distilled. Welcome back, Mary Beth, and welcome back, Bruce. Hello. We are jumping back yes. into our Tom Cruise month after jumping back week, again and again after last and again. Week's tour. Okay. And what an awesome detour it was. Uh, just yes, it was an awesome. Well, detour. I wouldn't listen to it again just because I had such a good time. But anyway. So we are doing, this week we're doing Edge of Tomorrow, which is 2014's, I call this where Groundhog Day meets War of the Worlds. Yes. Um, I did, this is kind of a make me watch because I hadn't seen it up until just the other day when I watched I it. I So, um, but before we get into that, I'm sure we have some news. I got a little bit of news. Let's discuss. Uh, first, starting off, I am sorry, I missed uh, Melinda Dillon's passing. Uh, she died back in January. I think they didn't announce it until like last week or something. Uh, Melinda Dillon, you guys know her best as either the mom in Christmas Story or the mom in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And she just passed in January at age 85. Uh, well, if you've been... Well, I was going to say Raquel Welch just died today. And Raquel Welch just passed, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, just, it's always in three. She days. had a few sci-fi... Uh... She had her BC movie there when you oh, always see her right. in the white cloth. And then, of course, yeah, the most, right. most well-known one, which is... Um, a little tiny movie. A little tiny movie. I wonder if Roy's going to do a little Irwin Allen action going on there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, poor Fantastic Raquel. Voyage is what we're referring to, in case you don't know. Poor Raquel. Yeah. Well, anyway. she was 83, I think. He yeah, she was in her 80s as well. 82, 83. Good run, folks. Good I had run. Anyway, question. sorry. Continue right. news. It's all good. Uh, if you guys have been under a rock or something, tomorrow, Picard, season three, like you didn't already know. Very, very anticipated. It's new uniform, folks. Go out there and buy those new uniforms. Go get CBS. Them. I am CBS got bills to pay. Excited for this and quasi dreading it. Like it could go either way, and I'm just—I don't know. I've heard enough good things from. I know what you're saying. I'm in the same boat. I'm like gonna watch it, like kind of like. <laughs> yeah, but I think I think it's gonna be the best season out of the three. Whether it is great, we'll find out. But I hope so. I you know really the Akunas nervous. and Drex are all saying it's really good. Um, There's a new character I'm very nervous about. I am not excited. You can tell. Bug your ears if you don't want to spoil her. Yeah, I'm, I'm about to spoil. So, Sue or anyone else, if you don't want to, go like this. Go la, 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 la. And then I'll give the thumbs up when we're done. But uh, Ed Spilliers is playing, is going to be on. And all reports say that the character name is Jack Crusher. And that he may be possibly the son of Beverly and Jean-Luc. I'm not excited about that. I think that's David Marcus 2.0. And I think that's... Boldly going where we've already been before. Well, we've kind of, like I was saying, CBS slash Star Trek Paramount likes to go back to the well. They go back to the that same is their well. MO is they go, go back to the well. I think they go back to the well same, way too much. Back to the same screenwriting we've already been to before. And, and then they just add a new uniform so they could sell those. Yeah. A new and badge, new, new com badge. New ships. New ships, new, new phasers. Yeah. Because they've they've got Star Trek fans nailed. They'll buy it. Like my wife said, they put Star Trek on a pile of dog shit, somebody will buy it. She ain't wrong. <laughs> she ain't wrong. All right. Uh, Spoilers are over, so I'm thumbs up for those of you who muted. Moving on with the news. Mandalorian, March 1st. We already know that. Avenue yes, Five. How what? I said I'm very excited about Mando. I am too. I am too. They always they always do well. Uh, Avenue Five joins Westworld and Raised by Wolves, getting the big old axe. They're on the chopping block, or actually, they've been chopped. They've been canceled. I loved Avenue Five. It was. I watched. So you know, I just kind of binged that sort of like I watched it and. Yeah, you got to okay. binge it. It's okay. It's really it's really okay. nice. I like that kind of humor though. Yeah, it was getting a little silly. It was a little silly, but that was the whole point of it. Yeah. But I mean, come on, HBO! Like you dump those, and you're gonna keep Velma. I didn't watch. I watched like the first 30 seconds of Velma and went, no. Mm. <laughs> I watched the first episode and went, no. Uh, we got our first look at Lady Gaga in the Joker sequel. There's a shot of her on Insta with Joaquin Phoenix. I don't, I, we, we think she's playing Harley Quinn. I kind of don't care. Like, I don't know why, but I'm just not jazzed for any of that. Whatever. 
Uh, IDW Publishing Comics announces a new motion picture error. Original series comic, it's called Echoes. The five-issue series pits Kirk and crew against their deadly doppelgangers. So another Kirk and crew are going to fight with each other. Emma Chris, mm -hmm. Chris Pine and the gang? No, Kirk. No, 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 no. Sorry, William Shatner. It's motion motion picture error. So it's them in pajama uniforms. Doppelgangers, you know? In the No, no, yeah, no, not those doppelgangers. They're actual. Oh, maybe it is a pine doppelganger. I don't know. I didn't see any picture. <laughs> Whatever. They're running around in the pajamas again. So that's that's what it is. Uh, Emma Worst Roberts. Uniforms ever. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Emma Roberts is set to star alongside Lawrence Fishburne in a new sci-fi thriller called The Astronaut. Emma comes back from some mission, and although she seems to be getting back into life on her home planet, she begins to see and hear things that don't seem to be from our world. And she fears something extraterrestrial has followed her back to Earth. Didn't we already have this movie already? And it was a male. That sounds sort of familiar. Yeah, that again, boldly going where other screenwriters have been before. New well, they're just running out of ideas. There was apparently some kind of big sports ball event this weekend, yeah. and there was a slew of trailers, promos, ads, uh, yeah. whatever during Jones, it. Uh, uh, we had Guardians of the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy. Flash, which had Michael, Flash. Michael Keaton, Batman, I'm really excited about yep. that. Ant-Man and Wasp, Quantumania, Indiana Jones, Dial of Destiny, the Dungeons and Dragons thing, that one does have Chris Pine. Scream 97, Fast and Furious 117, the Transformers, the Mandalorian thing, 65, which is that Adam Driver one, uh, where he goes back in time and there's like dinosaurs, but he also has like technology. It's weird. Uh, the Super Mario Brothers. Uh, and then some of the notable ads is the Adam Driver, where there's a million Adam Drivers, the Caddyshack one, the Clueless one, and a big fist to Farmer's Dog for making us all cry. And that this evening... What was your favorite? Did anybody have any favorites? That this evening is um, they were kind of I did yeah the ads were I think mediocre at all at best. I agree. There, were, there was a few that were pretty good. I agree. Um, I did like the Dodge electric truck commercial that was done like in like a Viagra ad. Thought that was kind of clever and funny. Mm. Premature electrification or something. They were. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there were a couple of cute ones, but for the most part, I it just I wasn't feeling it this year. But yeah, I it wasn't it wasn't the heyday of those ads. I think of. I agree. Yeah, action. I'm told. I'm told it was the chefs, great googly moogly, who won. So, go chefs. Anyway, uh, what do we have to drink tonight? What do we have to drink tonight? This one I called. I thought it was kind of a death in the afternoon since Perfect. like it's a lot of dying that goes Perfect. on. You know? And it's pretty simple. It's just absinthe in champagne. I don't think it would taste very good, but maybe somebody will find it interesting to try out. Of course, you can't get the real absinthe anymore. That's the no, you can't. PC, uh nanny state absinthe. Come, come up north. We got it. Oh, you Not, We have the absinthe, but I guarantee you, you don't have the stuff that the original stuff that had the, uh, I forgot what, what originally was in it, but there was a chemical in it that was probably yeah. illegal most places. So, yeah, we well, can buy absinthe here. You just can't. They don't make the, the the original the stuff that was at Van Gogh would drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that, that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> Hello, Martin. Hello, Dennis Hotstead yep. and Dennis Chevalier. Yes, we, hello, we, Jeff Rubel. Been slacking on our hellos, but hello, everybody. And hello, Sue. For, for I hope I gave us. you enough warning before I started spouting off. Okay. Okay. Tom so, Cruise. Let's talk about Tom it. Cruise. Uh, so so yeah. So I saw this film, and again, I, I having come into it cold. I, I knew there was some kind of like looping thing where he keeps really living the same day. Um, but that is all I really knew about the film. Um, and it was entertaining. It's got a ton of action, good special effects. Yeah. The story is for the most part interesting, I guess. I'm glad it didn't like, cause I think the first 20 minutes, half hour where he's kind of just really reliving the same day over and over again, a little, I'm like, Oh, please don't make two hours of this. And then they they yes. quickly they quickly got out of that though. They did they did move out, but yeah. I found that to be the funnest part. But, oh, as they move well, forward, the, the, the point is that he's not a soldier; he's just some PR guy that he gets was quite on the beach. funny. I found a lot of really funny moments. There were, I was a little confused though, like his whole that initial meeting with the general, with the general saying you're going to be on the beach. Basically, it's like Normandy Beach kind of thing. <laughs> And I'm like, well, why was he sending, like, well, I don't know, did I miss something? What was his motive, the general's motivation for sticking him there 
even knowing that he probably would die within 30 seconds. I don't um, think the Jedi, they thought they were going to win. Well, no, the, the thing is that, you mean, any of these things you have to cover by PR. You got to have these people in there. But he should have been way at the back. Yeah, no, usually your 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 embedded journalists aren't up, up right at the. No. Some of them yeah. will be, but those no. are usually very. And they did not experienced. know it was an ambush. Like they did not yeah. know. No, it was they didn't. Be but okay. but the but thing the is, is clearly they've only had one battle that they won before. The Angel of Redan. <laughs> but the thing is that you know because of his attitude and everything, instead of being way at the back, he's way at the front. Yeah. So <laughs> well, clearly, the, he's got yeah. a chip on his shoulder. Which, and, and and then the ridiculous part. I thought it was absolutely ridiculous of him to try and blackmail the general yeah. to get out of it. I'm like, what are you, you're an idiot. Yeah, he was an idiot. <laughs> that was the stupid. He was pretty spineless. Like so. you really think he was just gonna sit there and take that, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's Brandon Gleason. So, Brandon plays a lot of fantastic so, roles. This is not one of them, but I I when he first him. wakes up on the pallet, which is where the loop starts. Yep. And you kind of immediately, I'm thinking he's in some kind of simulation. I didn't, of course, know that. I thought this was some kind of way they train people, like by just sticking him in the same scenario over and over again until he actually knows what the hell he's doing. So that's where initially where I thought it was going. I didn't realize, of course, that it was the alien weird. He got alien blood in him, something that makes Yeah, that's because he killed that big alpha at the beginning. Yeah. He, he used the uh, Claymore or whatever the heck mm -hmm. it was. Is that how he killed it the first time? Yep. It came off the other guy's chest. This, right. I remember the other guy. Enemy, remember? Yeah. Yes. Well, that's what it does say that on a claymore. It does say that. It does say that. <laughs> this enemy. A real claymore does actually say that. So, um, well, you don't want to get it wrong because well, no. it is a directional thing. I, I if you're within that range, I, I don't think direction matters. I think there's just going to be. But what, no, it, it, what it, it's directional. It, it does go it forward. Goes that it way. It's the uh, way it's designed. What made the beginning awesome was Bill Paxton basically reprising his role from Aliens. Like, if right. that lived. <laughs> but see, like, that's all I know. kept saying. I kept thinking every time I saw Paxton, I kept saying, And that and character from, uh, what was the one, um, when he was with George Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee Curtis there from the Oh, 90s. Yeah, True Lies. Because I got a little dick. What's pathetic? True Lies? <laughs> true Lies. Those are the two you things. Every what? time I think of Bill Paxton, those I'm are the two movies. I'm going to add that one to our list, too. Uh, we need to do True Lies at some point. True Lies. Especially um, since we're coming out with a series now. Not really so. sci-fi, though. It is kind of, in a way. But we, we diverge every now and again. Anyway, um, so uh, that's, I mean, so overall, I enjoyed the movie. I, it entertained me. Again, I kind of can think of this as a popcorn film. You like action. You got plenty of it. Um, I will give them props for the special effects of the actual mimics those i don't that must have been some serious serious it was because they had to keep work track of all, the all the tentacles <laughs> they wrote a program especially to keep track of the tentacles and they designed it to look like obsidian like they wanted to look like the shiny black hard rock obsidian and they kind of did yeah. rather than say barbed wire but they were kind of barbed wired and chains they were like barbed wire and chains but made out of obsidian kind of thing very weird yeah it was very well they move so fast you never really get a good look at them yeah no you yeah know. that's true that's it, true it's they kind of weird what they the, the the alpha you tend to get a better a better look at because that you know when you kind of yeah because it's like a it's like a general i guess it's not really fighting it has a, a squad around it protecting it and it sits and i think it's just watching the battle sending information back to the omega i think as near as I can. Well, yeah, I mean, yes and no. I mean, I think because when, well, it was trying to attack him. So when he it killed was, him. Because he so, was right there. Yeah, yeah. This, this is true. This is true. But I think anyway, it wasn't their role. I think their role was just to watch. Enough of my blabbing. What, uh, Mary Beth, what are, you, what are your feelings I on this I love this movie. I love it. Love. That first, We're using the L word. All right. Yeah, I do. I think it was very, I, the first time I saw it, I remember really enjoying it. And when I rewatched it for this, I really enjoyed it again. Like that whole, to me, that whole first loop section. Right on up to about the helicopter-ish, or when when right up to the that's the funnest part. Like, and then watching them progress as they get a little further along every yeah, time. I'm and agreeing with Martin Rita on this one and all that nuclear from space. Yeah, so it's the only way to be sure <laughs> that was fun. My critique of the movie would be that once he I can't remember what what happened. 
whatever. He got the blood transfusion. What happened when he got in a wreck? He had to get the blood transfusion. Okay. He gets the blood transfusion. He's out, right? He can't right. reset now. And she's out. No one can reset. Now they're screwed. That's when the tension sort of should have been ratcheted up. That's when it should have been the scariest. That's when it should have been like, oh my God, are they going to make it? And it wasn't. To me, the whole ending was just kind of, bleh. but, but well, I love, I well, love he got into this thing where he started to have feelings for her and he wanted to protect her yeah. and he was trying to figure out because when they I get to the farmhouse, he knows he that any every scenario he's tried, she gets killed. Yes. And they actually, I mean, they actually didn't have an ending. They actually wrote the ending while they were going I... through the movie. And, you know, it. they actually went for the Hollywood ending because yes. there were some very, very dark ideas. That they yes, were that's what I heard too. I heard they'd had another ending kind of sketched out. It was a lot darker. Like they didn't make it, they all died, and it just wasn't gonna play. And so yeah, they you went can't, for the you can't. that's not why we go to the movies. Okay. That's we not why we go to the movies. So they had to go for the, the they win the day and the we guy want, exactly. Killed. That's what yeah. people want. People don't want to see, oh, we lost. But just the very end, I really would have liked a little more tension, a little more scary. Well, what I thought at the very it's end, it's end it's when he he's got this bandolier of grenades and he's gonna throw them down at the alpha, which apparently swallowed them because he thought they were like Tic Tacs or something. Well, the Omega, yeah. um, and I'm like, that's all it took. It was a handful so of this thing, and I'm yeah. like, they could have just <laughs> sent in a cruise missile <laughs> down, straight down exactly. in there and blown the thing up, and that would have been the end of it. You're absolutely right. You're <laughs> absolutely right. I thought they should have. I agree. So I'm saying nuke it, nuke the whole Louvre. From space. Which is another ridiculous thing. Why the Louvre? Why did they pick the Louvre? Why did this thing decide the Louvre? Because it wasn't where it wanted to live. in Germany. I, I don't you know why? Know. I'll tell you why. Because the writer said we need a building that's People can identify right away just by seeing the building. Everybody knows when they see that lit up glass pyramid, pyramid they know the Louvre, right? Most people do anyway. But if they had, if you just pick some random building in Paris or Germany or Berlin, nobody would have been like, oh, it's just a building. No, they would have never found that's it. That's true. You look, you look at other movies. I mean, they're here to steal our energy. They're here to steal what, you know, whatever. They're here to steal our art, okay? <laughs> we can have it if that's all you know if they would just take it well, well they should have gone musée d'orsay that one is exactly much I better mean, yep, much, much better, better than the Louvre. they never do say what they're mm-hmm. after though that's true they never do say they just, what they're, they're, they're just they're a play and, yeah and, and correct me if i'm wrong they made a comment that because of the way the mimic works that it, it actually sees the future and then loops back so they can change so it, it always wins so, so it always wins when they were winning and they said they said so it didn't know what to do until we attacked it or something like that and they yeah. never really fleshed that out so meaning that if we had not just left the meteor or whatever it was alone and never did anything nothing would have ever happened that's a really great point because they do there's like this one line it's only one line in the movie and they said something like it knew that's when it attacked us. It knew how to fight us, or something like that. That's a great point. There is a logic flaw in there. Yeah, and I'm just like, well, okay. So then, if we hadn't done anything to it, and then do the mimics, or does the alpha or the omega? Do they know that Tom? They do because that's what the that's what the alpha did. It cut Tom because it knew if it if he bled out enough blood, he would not be able to do it anymore. Well, well there's that, but he she, she said he wanted the like he had. They they also implied that he took the power away from of the time looping away from from the Omega because I he guess I missed that because he said they never ran into humanity humanity is their Achilles heel or something there's a line like that yeah I mean the, the, the there was one part where he's in the water and he actually drowns himself so that he will reset yeah he deliberately drowned him yeah after he got caught and he knew he was bleeding out he's like okay I can't lose the power so I better end so we loop again yeah that that's exactly when that happened yeah. So he jumps in, drowns himself. They try again. But, you know, in, in my opinion, this has to be the greatest Tom Cruise movie ever. Oh, stop. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you, go, <laughs> you think over I think you're if you go stretching back, there. No, stretching, buddy. No, let me finish. Let me finish. Now, if you go back to Oblivion, and in two weeks ago I mentioned this, you know, there's, a, there's an, a scene that they talk about that they never film, but holy crap, it's terrifying. The idea of all these spaceships landing and a million Tom Cruises coming out of the, the spaceships. I mean, that's my worst nightmare. Now, you go to this movie, you see Tom Cruise die over 20 times. 36 times. 36 times we see <laughs> Tom Cruise's best movie is still Risky Business. Dun, 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 dun. And then I would say Top Gun being his second. Dun, 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 dun. That's just me. It's just me. 
Uh, if you really want to talk serious, yes, if you want to see Tom Cruise die over and over, this is your film. The, the best quote I, ever, I saw about this film was they were saying that, you know, they wanted to make it darker. They wanted to make it more, more serious. And Tom Cruise came in and said, look, you know, we've got to have some humor in here. You know, let's see how crazy these deaths can be. And they, they fashioned it after Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner. Yes, yes. And I, you know what? I think Tom was right. Absolutely. Like from that very first one where he, the first time he comes back and he's already, he's like, you're going to say this and you're going to say this. No, you guys, it's an ambush, an ambush. And then jump cut, jump cut to him with the tape on his mouth. <laughs> like that was like, that was so funny. Well, I mean, put yourself, put yourself right. in their position. If this guy, I mean, it's freaky that he knows everything, yeah. but you wouldn't believe him. Yeah. Because true. how would he know? You know, we don't, somebody came to you and said, I know that right now this is going to happen. It's going to do this tomorrow. Or the Super Bowl is going to be one. The Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl by three point. You'd be like, yeah, right, whatever. How do you know that? And then it happens, you'd be like, well, that's just freaky. Yeah. So you, you know, that that's kind of a realistic thing. I think when he started talking to them about their personal, that's what started to trigger people. It's like, how yeah. did you know that? Because yeah. nobody knows that kind of very, you know, you know, that's so but clearly he must have gone through. We don't know how many loops he went through. I think thousands. Oh, I yeah. Think it's thousands. Well, considering how good he got at fighting, it must yeah. have been at least in the hundreds. Because yeah. they had to try so many times, like each progress. I think they didn't just progress each time. I think they had to try over and over and over again to make the progress. Now, I, I, I here's another thing I would argue. Um, you would probably go insane if you were doing that over and over and over again. Yeah. I think you would you would just finally go crazy. Also, the day goes on. So, like, read it. So, he broke his, like, the, the training, right? The training in that room with the Yeah. And he breaks his legs or something. And she's like, oh, no, you know, you should broke your leg. And she whoops out her gun. Does she not get in trouble for shooting an off? Well, no, because as soon as he's dead, it stops. It loops. Does it just loop for him, or does it loop for? Well, we don't know. There, there, there could be like a bazillion little. Yeah, that's true too. We don't know. Did her day go on? You have to kind of. There's a suspension of disbelief when it comes to time travel in this film because clearly there's a lot of, if you know, things that don't make sense. That you're right. Is there a splinter of? time every single time but then there would be those for the mimic too because he's doing the the, the omega is doing it i mean if you really put your your mind to it if an alien had this power they would be absolutely undefeatable i mean it you know it's 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 beyond incredible somebody attacks me i reset time i can figure you know i can do and counter it no you know it, you have to suspend a disbelief. Yeah. On yeah. I mean, it's just not, this is this on this front. You don't dig, you don't dissect this film. Yeah. This is not a film. You go, Oh, well that's, that's not yeah. realistic. Suspend disbelief and roll really, I mean, the whole thing is re unrealistic. So we just, yeah, we just suspend all that. And just, like I said, it's a, again, a popcorn film. You watch it for the action. There's some good, there's a few good funny bits in there uh, here and there that get sprinkled in. Um, and you know, overall, it's I don't know how did this do financially. Usually, up on it, it, that. Didn't do, it didn't do well in North America, but it did excellent overseas, just like Oblivion did. Uh, it, it made its money back. Uh, this, in the yeah, this thing cost 178 million to make, and it box office. And I believe this is what if this is America or worldwide? It box office 370 million, so about doubled, about doubled ish. So they would consider that's, it a that's financial. A, that's the thing, yeah. And, and there is talk about doing a sequel. And there has been talk about doing a sequel for a while. Tom Cruise did this thing literally a week after wrapping Oblivion. Like he literally went from Oblivion directly to this. So it's and he does get cast. I never thought about it, but he does get cast in a lot of science fiction movies. More than you would think. I, I just, yeah, it's just when you start, like you said, you start to kind of add them up. You're like, like show okay. me the money. What was show me the money? That was the color of money. The color. Of no, money. no, no, no. That was um. No, um, no. Was it? That show was Cuba. Getting, yeah. Um, Cuba. Cuba. Yeah. Um. Da, da, da. Somebody, come on now. Somebody out there knows the name is. Yeah, well. I mean, he, his, he, but yeah, he does a little action. Well, action. I mean, Rain Man. Mission Impossible. He's done nice. There's probably one of his best films. I forgot oh, Rain about Rain Man. Man. Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. Yes, thank you, Sue. Rain Man's excellent. Um, um, the Mission Impossible's that's action. The Top Guns, that's action. Yeah, I mean, the man, and he does his own stunts yeah. now. He's into that. So. Yeah, I got to put Rain Rain Man as the top. Although Dustin Hoffman really steals that. Dustin He's kind Hoffman. of a supporting actor. In yeah. 
Oh, a few good men. He was quite good. good. Is an excellent film. That's true. That is a very good. That's up there that's too. Well, see, see, more of these are coming out. I'm starting to think, rethink my, but my order of operations. Tom's okay. Tom's okay. We like. I Tom. still, I'm still a huge fan of Risky Business. It was probably what it was probably one of his first films. It's because it I guess our first song with our first one we all saw at that age with like a sex scene. In Sometimes it, you yeah. got to say what the fuck. But it's interesting that they did Oblivion and this movie back to back. I mean, you know, there's 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 some real similarities, but they're really, you know, totally opposite. I yeah. mean, I mean, Oblivion. Yeah, is, in the whole, yeah, absolutely. They have a different this, pacing. All this together. character has a huge arc where he goes from being a spineless twat in the beginning, trying to bribe the general, to being the hero at the end. But the Oblivion character has an arc. It's just yeah. not. Yeah, it's not as significant, right? You know, yeah. it's a little bit of a bump. It's yeah, also a very still, quiet <laughs> movie. Yeah, still, yeah. And when it when it goes noisy, it's sort of like, whoa, this is the opposite. It's noisy. It's noisy from the get-go. Yeah, this thing hits the ground running quiet, pretty quick. It hits the ground running. Because yeah. they give you, the like, the preamble is not very long. This meteor hits the thing, and they take over Europe, and... Yeah. We call them mimics because they always seem to know what we're going to do or something. I don't yeah. know. The fun, fun thing is at the very beginning, it's Tom giving a giving a sh sh PR spiel at the beginning. Talk, actually, he's the one talking about the Angel of Verdun. And right. behind him is the screens, the NORAD screens. And it's from the NORAD from um, War Games. Yeah. So that's how old that is. <laughs> they, they probably stuck that in on purpose, I would oh, think, because sure. it's kind of a homage. <laughs> I think my, my biggest crit criticism with Oblivion and Edge, uh, Edge of Tomorrow is the, really the titles. To me, they don't they don't convey the I film. I agree. You can almost no, I don't know if there was any alternate names for this film. I don't know why this thing was called Edge of Tomorrow. On the Blu-ray, the Blu-ray, the name of the film is Live, Die, Repeat. Yeah, that was the tagline. It that was the tagline. They yeah, made that was the title. It's yeah. not... It's not the tagline on the Blu-ray, it's the title mm -hmm. on the yeah. Blu-ray. Why they changed that, I don't know, but I think they decided Edge of Tomorrow. So I don't think that's a very good name either. How Edge of Tomorrow relates. Like, I don't see how it relates to the... But is it just me or when they use, like, yesterday, tomorrow, those types of words, it just... I, I, it doesn't give me a sense of what the story is about. I guess, do you remember the Chris Pratt? Did you see that Chris Pratt movie that just came out tomorrow? Yeah, and that's what I got. Remember, I got the names of those confused when you it told is. me. I'm like, which well, is it? Which Chris is it? Well, no, I forgot because I kept forgetting the name War. of this one. Tomorrow War. Yeah. And that's a loop, but now we're going to loop to the future. That's when people in the future are fighting war and they go back in the past to get people come fight for us, which right. is really screwed up. But um, it's not that good a movie. We Talk about a paradox. It is. <laughs> so yeah, I I hear you. I don't think Edge of Tomorrow is the right title for this movie. the The manga that this thing was based on is called All You Need Is Kill. Mm -hmm. I think they wanted to call it All You Need Is Kill, but I think the studio was like, no. "Well, that doesn't. That's not any better, really." When you think, because I'm sure that I'm sure in Japanese that probably has different meaning. You know what I'm saying? I mean, a lot of times, the direct translations don't work. Um, because I don't I don't know what a good what if, there you go. Here's a good poll for the audience, guys. What do you guys think? What would you better, call this what thing? Would, what would be a better name for this? You're on the naming committee. Tomorrow? Go ahead, cough us up some names. Yes, what would you call it? It's 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 pitch. What is that that does that, that YouTube channel? The pitch, pitch. they the, they do the movie yeah. pitches and they're funny. I forgot. Yeah. Sorry, that fell flat. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Love, die, repeat is what Ken says. <laughs> love, die, repeat. It's live, die, repeat. No, he put love. Now, maybe that was a typo. Was that a typo, Ken? Because that sounds no, like a... a, a idea. I don't know. Doesn't that sound like a Netflix animated sci-fi short show? Cruise Missile. Cruise Missile. Oh, Ken says live. Oh, kids live. Yeah, well, Ken, we just talked about that. Here. Well, live, there you die, go. Repeat, we'll correct yeah. it online. So. Yeah, Live, Die, Repeat is what it's called on the Blu-ray. If you go look for Blu-ray, look for Live, Die, Repeat, because that is what it's Yeah, but that's not a good name, though. I still don't think it's a good name. Die Another Day. Oh, Martin, like Die Another one. Day. How many ways to kill Cruise? <laughs> How about we just call it Tom Cruise dies 36 times in this movie? <laughs> it would be a smash hit. <laughs> he doesn't. He, he, they needed some more spectacular. His deaths were kind of like some of they them. But by the time he meets up at Rita, she's just shooting him. <laughs> you know, she's like, "Ah, oh, you broke your leg." Here you go. This one, this one, cruise. And, Set a course for death. 
<laughs> I like that one. That was good, Jeff. That was good. I, I like that. that was the best death though was when he breaks his legs and she just walks up and shoots him. Yeah, yeah I mean it was like he's like because he and by then he's like, ah, do it. Tom's Phil says Tom's magic trip to the Louvre. Tom's magic trip to the Louvre. <laughs> I don't know why that, that bothered me. Tom tours Europe. It was like it was so obvious, like, okay, we need a we need a building that I keep going back to this, but we need a building that everybody's gonna recognize. Because the black like, memory. Like the just think about it. Yeah, He's like seeing it. this thing, and if he just saw some generic brick building that the thing was living underneath, he'd be like, I don't know where the hell that is. Which is what he did. He saw it at the German dam. That's pretty generic. Like, one dam looks like another dam. Yeah, I mean, but that, that was at least, that took a little while for the guy to figure it out. Yes, but that was a, wasn't that, that was just a, that was a ruse. Yeah, I suppose. That, that was, was the mimic. Ruse, yeah. That was the mimic misleading that was the mimic them, wasn't being it? Being tricky. Yeah. Being tricky. But I, I like what Mike said about, you know, going crazy because, you, you know, there was a Stargate uh, episode where, you know, they were in a, that was a great one and they started to, to lose it. And I would have liked to have seen Cruz lose it a bit. at you Yeah, know, I believe the manga. Well, there was one. There was one time when, remember, he just said, screw it. And he went to a bar. Yeah, that's right. He quit. And, for that's, when, and that's when he saw that they because by doing nothing, they went to England and they actually yeah. invaded the, the England. He so there was a little bit of that. Yeah. yeah. Of course, the, the 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 Stargate episode was epic. That was the one where they're playing golf through the gate, yeah. in the gate room, and they're using they're shooting the yeah, they just <laughs> anyway. So, so time does again. This is not a new concept. I think every science fiction no. TV show certainly has done a time loop episode. Yes, but this is quite good. I like this doing it this way like even groundhog day you're like okay you know you got to grind through bill murray doing it even though he's learning and changing you're still you got to grind through i love you i got you babe they ground us through it twice or maybe three times there and then they gave us progress and then you're grinding the prime then you progress and you progress. that was infinitely better i like that yeah i'm glad that they didn't they didn't too many times in the same with the same thing over and over again to to yeah because then, and also it does two things. One, it makes you realize, oh my God, how many times did they do it to get to this point? Like mm -hmm. it gave you the, the scope of it, the mag the magnitude of it. And you realize, oh my God, like this is hard. This is hard what they're actually attempting to do. Yeah. yeah which, is why, which is why I think when he finally got the blood transfusion and he was out, that's when the stakes should have been ratcheted up and they weren't. And I, I loved Emily Blunt in this. I mean, she was just was phenomenal. Compared to some of the other... Yes, compared to some of his other co-stars and and stuff, she really had a presence, and it was a bit different. You know, here he comes, and he's learning from her, and he's and he's developing from from her. I didn't like the the uh, the kiss uh, towards the end. I gather there was some controversy with that. He improvised but, that. I don't think they should have used it. No, I don't think so either. But it's it, it just it, she was just great, and the character was good. He just and, wanted to kiss Emily. Who are you kidding? No, no, she improvised. There wasn't oh, a she script. It. She, she did, did it. it. She did it. Yeah. She, she did. just wanted to kiss Tom Cruise. Yeah, but it, I, it wasn't necessary. Although it, you, you kind of get it because you remember she knows him every time it loops. She's only known him for that day. That day. Yeah. So yeah. you know, but you could tell he obviously started to develop feelings for her, which is another kind of thing that bugs me about these films. Like they get so far along. Now, granted, she knows that he's looping. Mm. but it just seems like in such a short amount of time, and we don't really know how much time transpires from the time he wakes up on the pallet, as I call it, to the time he dies. Like how many yeah, each you know, time days? I mean, you think of every time he does it, it's probably it three like, hours. He makes it 12 hours. Yeah, it's like maybe a few hours. But here's this guy who comes along, and can you imagine someone who knows what you're going to say, knows all your background, knows things you know about you and stuff like that, knows exactly how to to push the right buttons? I don't think it, you know. I don't think it's fair to compare that with someone you've just known, and you know, a, just a regular person you've known for a day. I mean, this this guy's obviously gone through this a number of times and knows yes. exactly what buttons to push and what buttons not to push. Yes, he figures True. that out. But she, he has a tiny advantage in that she was before he started looping. She had been looping. He had done it. Yes. So right, at right. least That's she, no, she's like, okay, yeah, you know all this stuff. You must be looping. All right, let's roll. Let's rock. Let's do this. Which right. is interesting. Yeah, I also, explain that to her every single time, and you know, and, yeah, and luckily the other guy, the scientist, 
their um uh, what was his name there uh I can, yeah i can see his face I can't. dr carter there yeah. um you know he at least understood too because he she had explained you know when she was doing it so uh yeah here's so he, it was now here's a question what was she beforehand what do you mean what was she beforehand well, he was a PR guy who had no idea. Well, I think she was just a soldier. She just got lucky on the battlefield. No, she didn't get lucky. She had been looping, which is how she based, you know. Did you notice? That's why she was using Well, no, because at some point she must have killed an an alpha or whatever. Yes, she killed an alpha, starts looping, learns, and then that's why they call her the Angel of Redone because she did like hundreds of kills in one day because she had done it thousands of times. So yeah, and right. it's also she was why already she a soldier that killed the melee that weapon, killed the, but she was already a soldier that killed the Omega. She was already earlier, sure, yes. She at was some already. other point, can yes. you, you imagine being just someone on the side and you go, okay, you know, here's an average soldier, and all of a sudden in a day she becomes this angel of Verdun, and then you got yes. this PR dude who you know who, who couldn't hurt a fly, and then by the end of the day he, he is... suddenly. But they were crediting the mech suit. They were crediting the exosuit. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. They 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 like we have this great new weapon, this exosuit, and that's how we got Rita Vertasky, the Angel of Verdun, who's credited with thousands or hundreds of kills in one day. Mm-hmm. And she kept running out. That's why, incidentally, they she also implied that she was the only one wearing it, though. Like like because he said like, what? Imagine what one person did with it. Imagine if we when we have hundreds wearing these things. Like they implied that there was at Verdun, there was only a few. Oh, maybe there were only a few ever done, and then finally, yeah. this battle was the first time they it were the deploying. first time where they were going to unload it, oh, like, with, where they were able to build a bunch of them. So, anyway, like, what I was trying to say is she she gave up on guns because she kept running out of ammo, mm-hmm. and she would yeah. realize, I get to this point, I run out of ammo, I can't reload, I need to. A Good point. Weapon. I didn't I didn't notice that, but, but she right. uses she a melee up, weapon because it's, it's a you know, it's, it's, a, it's it's a helicopter blade. It's, it's like a, a helicopter blade. blade. Yeah, yeah. She picks up. Which like which is just wrong because it would shatter the first time you mm. tried to use it. In that well, they're, that's they're, what I'm saying. Like, what yeah, is this thing not, made out of? Generally, very good as a weapon. But the the I mean, it's it's they go back and and I mean when they when you talk to when you look at the uh, the original novel, I mean it was it was based on video games. You know, you go in there and yes, you try a scenario. Oh, you die. You respawn. So you try something different. You know, and boy, you know, you go back and you start thinking about. <laughs> <clears throat> my old days with my Atari 2600 and uh, you know you got into a sequence with with some of these games where you know it's just right 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 you know jump yeah right. yeah yeah right right yeah yeah, yeah. well up that's down, it's still, down, in some right, ways jump. you know it's still that way with video games that you you know you have to repeat a, a scenario over and over again you know okay i gotta dodge here yeah. Because there's something that comes out yeah. there, yeah. you know, you get to know how these things. That's just that's true. That is kind of it's a good example. It's a good comparison to what's happening. Is that basically he's like playing a video game over and over and over again and learning what the AI is doing every time to avoid, like you know, like if the first time he tried to save the the, the heavy guy that didn't wear any pants. Yeah, because the hell it's because one yeah. the helicopter yeah. thing comes and crashes and kills him. Yeah. Finally, he's like, he's like, forget him. Yeah, <laughs> can't save him. I have other things. Him. He realizes what he has to do. Well, he did save him a few times, but then he gets he realizes there's no point because he keeps dying over and over again anyway. Yeah, you know, so why bother? You know, but just kind of funny. So we haven't really talked about the cast. The cast knows. beyond Tom Cruise, of course, beyond and Tom Emily Blunt, and, and Emily, a little bit um, of Bill Paxton. Who unfortunately is no longer with yeah. um, Who is awesome in this movie? Uh, and Brendan, as I said, Brendan Gleason is. Died. When did he die? He must have been right after this. Yeah, I think it was because this was 2014. 2017, he died. So it was three years yeah. later. What a shame. He he. He really was. Yeah, that was a, a tragic. That's when you know you say a lot of people. You know, we have older actors that that pass, and we're, it's always sad. But you know, they are older and and they had their life. But you know, Bill wasn't that old. No, he really wasn't. But just looking over the cast and the doctor was Noah Taylor. Uh, those are probably our five most notable actors. Um, everybody else, we got Tony Ways, Kimmel, the fat guy who didn't want to wear clothes. Kick Gurry is Griff. We like, used to see him around. Charlotte Riley, France Drama, Dragomir, I can't pronounce his last name. Sorry, Dragomir. Um, Masayoshi Haneda, Madeline Mantok, and Harry Landis. Yeah, these guys because they, they filmed this over in in Britain, and um, a lot of they were more Game of Thrones connections than they were Star Trek connections. So no so roads. What, uh, what roads to Star Trek do we have? None. Mostly uh, no. 
not, no, no significant actors, no actors, a couple background actors, a couple background players, and lots of crew, 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 and VA. Yeah, we always run into that too with the special specs. You're going to run anything, anything crew, that would launch perspective. Crew, crew, all kinds. So of what crew. were the so so go while while you mentioned Game of Thrones? What's the Game of Thrones? Oh, uh, Fat Dude was in Game of Thrones. Fat Dude didn't want to wear clothes. Uh, I got to pull him back up again because I didn't, I didn't write him down. And the other guy was, the other guy was, what other guy was? Not, was it Kick? Or was it Jonas Armstrong? I don't know. Oh, damn it. I don't know either. Uh, fat dude played in Game of Thrones. He played, he's in Tracy Ullman's show a whole bunch. I don't Which, see it. I don't see the Game of Thrones on his uh I know I saw it. I know I did. He was in six episodes. And I looked at the name and I didn't know who he was. Okay. All right. Okay. There he, is. he played Dantos Hollard. Dantos Hollard. I have no idea who that is. It was season two and season four. Well, and of course, Brendan Gleeson being the father of Domine Gleeson from Star Wars. Domino, and, yeah. Uh, and Brendan played, and, we know Brendan, most people will recognize him as Mad-Eye Moody, but he's done some fantastic. He did in Bruja. He did, uh, oh, Fat Dude was in Doctor Who, too, just FYI. Gotta stop calling that. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah, these guys are around, but they're around Europe a whole bunch more. Then. Yeah. Phil says no. the Star Trek connection is that it's next gen cause and effect. Yeah. Well, that's true, but like I said, how many sci-fi shows over the years, different shows have done a time loop episode? It's like a staple. Like it's somewhere if they run more than a season or two, they're gonna have a time now, loop. What was, what was first? Was it Groundhog Day that really started that trend, or was it cause and effect? Which was which was earlier? I think Groundhog Day is older than that, right? Oh, yeah. I thought Groundhog Day was late 80s. Was it early 90s? But that, that's is that the first? Let's see. Star Trek original series didn't do a loop. No. Um, no, but but Next Gen did for sure. I know Next they Gen did. Opposite in. Yeah. The one where Data had to figure it out, where they were looping and Data yeah, had to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, it was cause and effect. That was the, uh, which is also, they're, all usually, they're usually good episodes. There's usually a bit of humor in there. Um, but you know, I think I think the Stargate one was one of the best ones. Though. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> now, Emily Blunt, okay, with uh, her husband being Mister Fantastic, mm. Can we not see her as the as the Invisible Girl. I mean, come on, please. And if you ever see them together, they are absolutely hilarious. I have not seen a Quiet Place, and everyone raves about it. Just if you want to see if you want to see um, her and her husband together, watch uh, Graham Norton. They have an episode where they're together about the quiet uh, the quiet place, and it is absolutely amazing. You know, the it starts off with, "Well, you, do you guys have like a celebrity name being a couple and stuff?" And he said, "Yeah, we've settled on Crunk." Yes, <laughs> I'm still. Oh, oh, the doctor. Noah Taylor was Locke in Game of Thrones for eight episodes. I knew it was somebody else. Yeah, you're right. They were. They are thinking of Phil. He was uh, also in Vanilla Mark, Sky, interestingly. They were thinking of a follow-up to this. Live, die, repeat, and repeat. Yeah, live, die, repeat, and repeat, which I think is stupid. So, I guess... I mean, that's a good con I mean, yeah. really good concept. They, they supposedly have a script. They just can't... They haven't decided if they can do it or not. Hi, Chris. Yeah. I don't remember there being a, a a time loop in in Bill and Ted. Well, Bill and Ted was just a whole time jumping around. They, I don't know if it was a loop, but they were jumping around time. Yeah. Yes, they were jumping around so, time because you know, put them they, in the Iron Maiden. Yeah, yeah. So they had offered Brad Pitt this role while he was filming World War Z, and he turned it down to do something else. I, yeah, Tom was just as fine in this. The release date was. It would have worked. It worked with Brad, I think. Yeah, Brad could have done it. I think Brad could have pulled it off. Yeah, Brad. World War Z. There's another film. That's a that's a really strange one. That's and I thought it was really idea. strange for Brad Pitt to do it. Yeah, maybe he's like, I need to up my zombie movie. I don't know. It was, a, it was a weird zombie movie. 
the scene, so the battle scene was obviously meant to be a D-Day type thing, and they did re release the movie on the anniversary of D-Day, June 6, 2014. It was a real exosuit for real that like people were really wearing, and it could weigh, they averaged 80 to 90 pounds, but it could weigh up to 120 pounds, depending on the extra gear attached. Um, the soldier, she's walking out, and there's a soldier who goes, bloody hell, it's the full metal, and she pops him. Yeah. That's her brother, her real life brother. But they did take that exosuit from real military designs. Um, mm. We did talk about Rita's modified helicopter blade. We did talk about Hiroshi Sakura Zaka's All You Need Is Kill. Well, you know, it's very reminiscent of uh, Ripley's loader that she used in Aliens. You know, oh, yeah. I just saw recently, I should go find it. They were like the simplest weapons that work brilliantly in sci-fi. And that was the number one, Ripley's, like, not fancy you know, complicated gadgets, but like simple, simple weapons. Ripley's loader was number one as the simplest thing that took down the bad, took down the enemy alien. Right. It, was, it wasn't it. meant to be a weapon. It was never designed to be a no, weapon. It was, it be was designed, designed to be a, a load to load cargo. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like, it would be like, it'd be like killing it with a forklift. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so this is kind of, so you're saying that those things are over real, those exosuits or they yep. I mean, really? They were real. They, she cried. She cried when they were first, and she had been working out for like three months to get ready for this thing. She puts this thing on. She can't move in it. There's an interview. It might be Graham Norton. I'm not sure. She cried, and Tom, in loving and kind way, was basically like, "Don't be a pussy. Come on, let's go." And she said, "She said she at first she hated, it, but she said after a while, I love stomping around in my suit. Like I loved it." And there's some B-roll. Like go on, go on YouTube and look for B-roll. She. She does flips and spins and tricks and stuff. And then, yeah, like she does all those, you know, in the battle scenes where you get blown back, she does all yeah. those blowback stunts and stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, the interesting thing about her nickname, the Angel Verdun, now, if those who don't know history, Verdun was a very significant bloody, bloody battle in World War One. Yeah. So there was some significant, they stuck that in there, I'm pretty sure, on purpose. Um, so that it just is a... As a you know, and, nod back to the not only World War One but World War Two. And I mean, you know, it's it's it's. I mean, it's it's obviously honoring some of the some of the big battles in Europe, Verdun, um, D-Day. Uh, I mean, it it's very reminiscent, really, their beach landing of of uh, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Of just the the noise, the confusion, and everything else. And it's it's very realistic. Uh, I saw someone saying actually that the um, uh, the landing. It was actually more reminiscent of the Starship Troopers novel than the movie Starship Troopers was. Oh yeah, we Starship Troopers. Yeah, we've we've really touched on that. Like, how the book yeah, Starship Trooper yeah. and the movie Starship Trooper are have very yeah. Starship. Very the Starship Trooper battles is another one that is yeah very D-Day esque yeah. in its execution. Yeah. The novel, guys, the novel. But it's 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 too bad because again, reading reading uh, the research on this. That they weren't able to do it on a real beach they had to recreate the beach at the studios where they did uh harry, harry potter. potter yeah it was filmed mostly on harry potter studios and guys go look and look for the vfx roles they the vfx is quite good on this they recreated this entire like any super wide shot over out of the base with like troops moving around everywhere or the fight and the battle on the beach with craziness happening everywhere that's most likely cgi VFX, and it's excellent. I, I gotta say, it looks good. It still looks good. We're ten years. No, not ten. Nine. Almost ten. Yeah, it's nine years. Yeah, we're nine years later, and it still looks great. I think. Oh, absolutely. And and just yeah, that the whole the whole military mindset and the and the and you know the the Heathrow uh, camp. Yeah, Heathrow Ford camp. Yeah. It felt really right. I mean, that's you know. They're bored stiff. They're playing cards. They're doing, you know, they've got some bootleg and stuff like that. We see that, you know, we see, we'll see that same, that same kind of scenario in any war film, particularly usually World War II films, where the, the soldiers are doing the same thing, whether they're on a ship going across the Atlantic because they're going to the European theater or they're already there in England, you know, waiting to be deployed. Um, we see that kind of thing. So, they, so, of course, they took that from somewhat some reality, obviously, yeah. you know, um, so, you know, that that makes sense. And I think it works. You know, again, I think it's kind of funny that, you know, Bill Paxton, of course, he makes him eat the cards because, you know, what was that about? Yeah, generic <laughs> break. 
I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but whatever. He played he played that. Well, it was the first time he kind of but he kind of still plays. I mean, he's supposed to be a you know like, a the scene where he sergeant, sergeant or whatever, but then he still kind of plays a bit of a doofus. Yeah, it's kind of like the scene where Cruz is doing the push-ups and he wants to roll under the truck to yeah. get away. And the first time he tries it, he gets hit he by the truck. truck. And Bill Paxson's like, "What the fuck were you doing?" Like that was so funny. Yeah. What the hell are you like, doing? He didn't, I know he wasn't. His reaction wasn't, "Oh my god, this guy just got run over by a truck." No, like, just... <laughs> so I will give him that one. That was pretty good. The, um, no, Bill Paxton kind of makes this movie. Like he makes it in so many ways. I kind of wish the character had survived. Yeah, they could have. It would have been nice to have maybe. I would have liked to maybe, maybe seen see him, him somehow end. be involved in the final yeah, battle. Be involved in the final battle. Yeah, you know, somehow, like somehow, he comes through in the end. Yeah, you know, like whatever, like he finally believes him or whatever. Would have been neat. That would have been a neat. Maybe little he hands twist, him the hands him the the. Grenades or something. something yeah, just something that you know. And, he, or he ends up him him he he ends up you know holding that last line. Like, yeah, yeah. So those other two, know, that, they can get away. Them. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, yeah, that was there was some scenes you know that that whole thing with the 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 helicopter thing the whatever you call it. The way they oh it wouldn't fly but we can make it go across water fast. I, I, that was kind of a okay. yeah. We're just gonna go forward really, really fast. Yeah. Yeah. We can't control it except with the throttle. Yeah. Suspension of disbelief all over the place. Yeah. But it was uh, it's you know it is amazing. I mean, obviously there was a it, somewhere in the in the script and the development there was a, a a military historian because you know they they used you know a quote from uh, the Zulu War uh, about you know here they come mean as hell and thick as grass. That's yeah. uh, a paraphrase. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, Operation Downfall, which is what they called the invasion. Was that the actual planned name for the invasion of the Japanese? Yes. Wow. Yes, that's true. Yes. So there's a lot of, of touchbacks, and and like I said, I you know, as as, as ex-military, that's uh, they got it right. I think. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah, and like I said, they released it on the anniversary D Day. They chose June sixth as their. Release that's that's, that's why I'm surprised they didn't have a more military title like Invasion Europe or, or you know, something along those lines, the war that never ended or, or something. I don't know. You know, yeah. the war that never ended. That might. Yeah. The war that. The never ending war or something like that. Never you know? ending war, yeah. The never ending day. The never ending. Yeah. I'm sure they could have come up with somebody. It was a, it was a slow day in the marketing department. <laughs> yeah. Um. Because I really think they could have come up with something. It sounds cool. Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. But what it does it mean? Like, it doesn't relate to the... Like right. The name opera. does not relate to the film. It sounds whatsoever. like the Edge of Night, like a soap opera. I don't like Yeah, that. exactly. It kind of does. It kind of does. You're right. You're right. The never-ending cruise. never-ending cruise. <laughs> Groundhog <laughs> War. <laughs> Groundhog <laughs> War. Yeah, there you go. There you go, Bill. Groundhog. If you had to do this, describe this movie in the shortest way. Groundhog, Groundhog Day meets War of the Worlds. War. Yep. Groundhog War of the Worlds. Yep. That's pretty much what it is. Um, you know, but so um, getting near the top of the hour. So um what much else we can talk about this film. Uh like I said, I enjoyed it. Um, I think if you're looking for just something to watch um and you want to kill a couple hours, and you know, I, I wouldn't like say you gotta see this film. It's not a must see. Oh no, but it's it's a lot of fun and it's and it's it is a nice if if you like action, you like cruise, um, which I'm guessing getting from the comments that not too many people like Tom Cruise. A lot of a lot of people happy that he dies over and over, apparently. Um, or you just you know, you just want to watch something with some action in it. This it's a good film. Yeah, you know, it's, it's entertaining. I'm gonna say it's one of the it's one of the better time loop. Yeah. It's it's, it's yeah, done. I mean yeah. it's done in a in an interesting way. So yeah. I, I, you know, I, it's strange along nicely. You know, at a you know, if I had to give it stars out of five stars, I'd give it like three and a half, I guess. Okay, you know, I'd go four. You go four. Oh, it's a personal question. You know, I, I, I watched it. It was entertaining. Would I go back and watch it again? I I, I, I have been surprised again. I'm you know, uh, Tom Cruise not not my favorite actor, but when this comes on TV or something like that, or I happen across it. It'll hold me. I'll I'll continue. Yeah, you stop looking. It's it's something. Yeah, I don't think, it's funny you mentioned that because I don't think I've ever seen it on any of the. Oh, it's around. I mean, it, yeah, 
It's around. I actually, when I was Googling, it's like it's showing, like it's gonna be showing on Showtime HBO. Well, it's currently on HBO Max. You can watch yeah, it. HBO Max. So it's, if you want to watch it, you have HBO Max. I, I enjoyed it the first time. I enjoyed it in 2014 when it came out, and when I rewatched it for tonight, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it again. And, and to me, it's nice to... <laughs> Kent Kent wins the fucking internet. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Kent. That's a good one. Half US stars. Two uh... thumbs up on that one, Kent. <laughs> hey, nobody mentioned Born on the Fourth of July as being a good cruise movie. Oh, that's true. That's a good, yeah. I haven't seen that. I yeah, those like other ones. One. Yeah, Color Money, not, not Color Money. I mean, let's face it. You can dislike the guy, but he can act, and he's done some okay ones. He's oh, yeah. done some good movies over the years. So you know, and and he has a clearly a portrait of himself aging in his attic. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> right? But you know, you gotta just you just have to appreciate a movie that doesn't you don't. It doesn't explain things to you. It doesn't spoon feed. Good point. You. Good point. You know, Throws you in, makes you swim. Oblivion, this, that's the one thing they had in common is they didn't spoon feed you. Just throw you into the story, let you and catch up, and... Don't you know, maybe yeah, I mean, once... Yeah, I, there was not a lot, really, to, to dissect here. I mean, once you once they reveal that he's looping through time, and it's not, you know, the simulation, a simulation or something like that, that this is something the aliens are doing, from then on, you can... There's really not... There's not a lot of depth hmm. to the film. I mean... You know, once he once the reveal is of it's what's happening, it's a typical happening. fight the aliens movie. Yeah, like, then it just becomes the typical there. fight the aliens movie. Because yeah. then you were first. Because at first I was like, "What's going on? Why does he keep looping?" You don't know. You have no. There's no indication that this is something that the aliens are doing. Um, you just kind of go with it, and you think. My initial thought was, "This is some kind of simulator hmm. that they threw him in." Because um, he didn't know how he got there. That's the other thing they never explained. He wakes up on the pallet, so he must have woke up on the pallet on the very first day when he, before he had this loop ability, right? So we don't know how he got there. Did they drug him? Yeah, he doesn't well, remember. They make it sound like, oh, yeah, what a rough night general, or something. The general over. calls his MPs in. Did they right. take, they him, take him away? And then next thing you know, he's waking up on the pallet. They must have beat him up or tased him or something. Drugged him, something like that. Yeah. So... All right, it is just about eight o'clock. What, what does Phil have? Phil, I story. believe, is off tomorrow, but next Thursday, next Thursday, which is Thursday, February 23, uh, Rizzo and I will be joining Phil on WUSB radio to talk to Dr. 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 Margaret Whitecamp. Whitecamp? Oh, Whitecamp. Phil put a link in the What's um, her name? Phil's going to no, Phil just dropped the link. A link in the chat. It's in the chat. Uh, she helped restore the Enterprise for the Smithsonian, but, um, oh my, sorry, my dog just ripped my chair arm off. Um, <laughs> she, uh, restored, <laughs> she restored the Enterprise for the Smithsonian. Almost go on, Mary Beth. She just wrote a book talking about spaceships throughout history. I think both real and fake, real and fiction. So oh, that's nice. going to be interesting. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a good one. should be a good one. That's going to be an so, interesting mm -hmm. conversation. And Roy on Friday, this is attempt number three, and Roy, yeah. we're pulling for you. Third we, time's the charm, we Roy. We are rooting for you, Roy. Third time's the charm. Patrick Reed Johnson will be on to talk uh, 525.77, and I will be there watching. Come on, yeah. Roy. Yeah. I have been, everybody I've told to watch that movie comes back and goes, oh, that movie was great. So, was great. I haven't seen it. I'm, I'm going to pitch it one more time. 525.77. All right. Well, hopefully that will that will work out for Roy. And and if you want to listen to us on Phil's show, you can listen. It's online. Yeah, so you, you don't have to be within Long Island, February twenty-three, from three p.m. to five p.m. I don't know exactly what time we'll be on. But. If you haven't had enough of us next week, tune in. I'll have to listen to that because I'm very excited. In about five or six weeks, I get to go see the eleven foot model. Oh, nice! I've seen it when I was a with, was was a wee boy. Yes. Need to and go back. Rizzo, we next week we're going to wrap up Tom Cruise. Uh, yeah, we were, we were kind of debating what to do and what movie was best, and so we were really kind of came down to what you know we we were thought about what was it? Um, uh, what was the one that we were going to do? I'm having we're going to do minority. minority report, but we thought that was kind of dry, um, and so we we think we're going to do. We're gonna do Maverick. Let's just do Maverick. We're gonna do Top Gun Maverick. What do you guys it's think? It's fun, right? It's a fun movie. Cool. Yeah. Ah. 
it's yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of naval estrogen thing. I mean, estrogen? No, testosterone is what I'm looking for. Testosterone, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of navy testosterone. A lot, a lot of navy flying testosterone. Down the, something about flying down a narrow channel and trying to hit it. Yeah, it's very strange. It had some familiarities. We'll talk about that. There was something familiar. similar, something very familiar. Very familiar. Uh, so yeah, we'll do Maverick. What the hell? It's it's when you watch it, if you've seen it, you'd think it was sci-fi. You might. Because <laughs> there's a lot of There's a few things going on in that movie that make you go, hmm. So, anyway, on that note, we'll call it a night. Uh, Bruce, thanks for joining us. Mary Beth, of course, thank you. It's a pleasure. Next, until next week, guys, everybody stay safe and, of course, live long and prosper.